Hi, this is Claudia Gray, and you're listening to Don't Burn the Sacred Text. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is the story of Star Wars. You can read along with me in your book. O is for Obi-Wan Kenobi. All rebel fighters met at fleet headquarters to plan their attack. Princess Leia addressed them. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. Hello, I am C-3PO, and you are about to listen to the story of Star Wars. Another chapter is here. Welcome to Don't Burn the Sacred Text. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and I am here with my co-host. She is the heir apparent to the throne of Tempest Runner and the trivia champion of our network. It's Lindsay. Yes. I'm going to live with that title every single day of my life. And I love Drew. I'm so upset that I couldn't win it with Drew. But the thought of losing to Drew would absolutely have destroyed me. Yeah. It Honestly, it may have, it may have just destroyed the entire network. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you can yeah, handle Yeah, yeah. I think me winning was really a best case scenario for everyone. Yeah, like Drew Drew handled it gracefully. I don't know if you would. Good thing we'll never have to find out. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, how have how have you been? How have you been celebrating your victory? What have you been up to lately? You know, it's uh, man, I'm probably gonna have to uh, say this again on the flagship show, but it's true. I told you a few weeks ago I was very inspired by you and the way you always go about new movie releases and new shows where you just watch the trailer once and you don't dive into every little breakdown and every little spoiler that comes out and because i'm getting more and more excited about boba fett i'm trying really hard to do that and it's hard it is real like the the new trailers that came out you know there's been like two so far well one full trailer and one much smaller one but I didn't realize it was like reflex for me to just be like, oh, I'll go to YouTube. I'll watch some breakdowns. <laughs> like I'll, I'll go, go join like some, some different chats and everything. But not being able to do that, I did not realize what a kind of reflex that was for me. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing. Like when you try to do something like that, like I used to think I had to listen to every podcast that everybody put out that I, you know, liked and stuff, even if it wasn't something that I even knew what they were talking about. And I was like, I don't really have to do that. You know, um, I don't have to listen to every breakdown show of every episode of every like it takes time to get used to it. But once you get used to it and you're like, all right, this is the one I want to listen to. It's kind of like picking and choosing your Star Wars, you know, um, where it's like, all right, like. The comics, maybe it's for you, maybe it's not. The books, the the audio dramas, the cartoons, you know, there's different avenues of it. And I think one of the one of the really fun things to do when you like watch the show and then you go on Twitter afterwards and then you start seeing people's reaction, to me, that supplants any like joy that I would have gotten from speculating is seeing like people reacting to the episode. So I feel like I get more of it on that end because I'm not setting those expectations ahead of time. So I'm not let down. I'm feeling really good. Then I go online and I see the other people that are feeling really good. And it's just a, it's a whole bunch of endorphins, man. A lot of endorphins. Happen. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's weird because I think that and maybe I'm just doing a better job censoring myself than I thought I was. But the impression I'm getting is everyone is still so excited and so kind of gung ho about Ahsoka where I feel like it's kind of like tampering down the discussion about Book of Boba Fett. Are you are you finding that too, or is it just mm, me? I think it might be more circumstance than anything, just because that Sabine announcement came out. Uh, That's true, yeah. You know? And there's still, like, yeah. Book of Boba Fett, we know stuff about it. Ahsoka, we still don't know a lot about it. Mm. You know, like, we literally know, we know... Like some people who are going to be in it, but we don't know. We can infer that it's going to be, you know, going after Ezra and everything like that. But maybe it's not, you know. And, and uh, Drew, Drew made this point of like, we really don't even know if these characters are going to be together on screen a lot, you know. Like it could be a situation where Sabine is in it 
or you know, for an episode like Ahsoka was in Mandalorian, or uh, that's exactly what I was thinking when they first had that announcement too. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Like I think we can pretty much assume the Hayden appearance isn't going to be like a full extended uh, thing in either Kenobi or uh, Ahsoka, but yeah, th- there's a little bit of of looking forward because there's so much happening in Star Wars where it's like, all right, cool. We're getting Book of Boba Fett. Great. That's nice. Now, let's look to Kenobi. Let's look to Ahsoka because we kind of, you know, we know we're going to get those answers soon to where I think we start jumping ahead to um, other things that we're excited about. Yeah, no, I agree. And I definitely want to talk a little bit more um, over on the the main show, too, with you and Drew and even just talking about some of the stuff you and Zach have spoken about just in terms of the future of the movies and and I would say kind of what I think we're all learning from Marvel and the Marvel fatigue and feeling like, you know, I, I was actually talking to my sister about this last night, how she's she's fallen off Marvel because basically she doesn't want to have to watch 21 movies and three TV series just to go into Spider-Man and know what's going on. And I'm like, I kind of get that. And and I'm afraid, you know, Star Wars might have been going the same direction. And maybe that's why a lot of these movies are being tapered off. But I don't know. That's a that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, I think it does kind of tie into what we're talking about today with uh, Tempest Runner, the audio drama, because mm. High Republic to me and... and I'll say this and then we'll get into our ratings and everything like that. But I feel like this is the first example of needing to have read everything else to understand this story. And that's something that bothers me. Mm. But before we get into that, let's do our ratings of this audio drama. (laughs) And I think retrospectively, uh, if we look at the other two audio dramas, we have uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, which both of us rated very highly. Uh, then we had the Afra audio drama, which I believe you were kind of lower than me. I was kind of middle, yes. middle ground on that. Yeah. So let's take this out of, uh, out of five, what do we want to, what do we want to put on here? Out of five Tempest runners, how many, <laughs> Tempest, Creative. how many Tempest runners do you give Tempest <laughs> Oh man. So, okay, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. Um, I did warn you that after I listened to this, um, I actually canceled Audible because I really don't use it. Um, I really do like reading books physically, and I only use Audible um, for for these audio dramas. And I thought that when I canceled it, I would still have access to the notes that I had written. Um, that's apparently not the case. So here's my my issue. While listening to this during, I would say probably like the first, maybe 33%, like the first third of it, for me, it was like five out of five. And I was so hyped about it. And then it tapered off where at the end, I was probably feeling more like a four out of five. But then as I sat with it for a couple of weeks, I was like, why did I give that a four out of five? So... I'm going to give it a four out of five because I know that was my initial gut reaction. I'm thinking that I am going to feel very differently after this discussion when I voice my logical concerns for why it's not four out of five, but I'm hoping that maybe, just maybe, our discussion will remind me why it was four out of five. Well, that's going to be tough. Because I am giving this, I, I feel like I have to break this one into two to be clear about my feelings on it. As a story, the the writing, all of that stuff that Kevin Scott did, uh, putting the story together, I think is a rock solid three out of five. The experience of listening to it is a two out of five for me. Interesting. Yeah. Are, you know, I'm going to I'm going to let you kind of kick off then just cuz I'm pretty interested in what you mean by that. Well, I think 
I think the story is clear. It's well written. The characters are developed, background, like all of the things that you need to have in a story are very well executed. And I, it, the story in and of itself wasn't the problem for me. I don't think this was the right medium for the story. Okay, I think I know what you mean because something that I think worked in Dooku Jedi Lost was the fact that there were time jumps, but that's because the characters were different. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, Ventress in the present day, and then any time we were listening to Dooku, it was past tense. This I felt very, very difficult to keep up with what characters we were with and when in the timeline we were. Did you have the same issue? Is that what you? That was my that? my primary issue was that like one you had the the Twi'leks which have you know a certain sound. So you had multiple female Twi'leks. You had in different timelines you had uh, like commanders and the the. Uh, wardens and all like these characters that all sound the same but are in different timelines and different time periods and it yeah it was really really difficult and there's there wasn't really too much of a reset after each one like you would just kind of jump into oh all of a sudden now we're back you know you didn't have yeah yeah dude the first couple of times it happened i rewinded like 15 seconds a piece because i was like i had to have missed some kind of like little intro music or time jump music or something like that yeah it's like with a with a book you know you have the line break or you have a new chapter or you have you know it'll say like 20 years earlier or whatever it may be to help you reset that and there was no reset here and like you said with with the dooku one the reason that like that works as a time jump one is because you have very distinctly different characters in each part. You know, I think we maybe get Dooku a couple times um, in the same, like, his voice at the same time as Ventress. But other yeah. than that... But it's, it's very not, clear. It is very, very clear it's when very, that happens. It's very clear, yeah. And and here, it just wasn't. And that was a big problem for me because I already have, uh, you know this exhaustion from these stories that are jumping around to different times. Like it feels like everything that they're putting out is jumping from past to present to like three or four different times. And I'm like, I just want like, that's fine. Sometimes that's a unique story style and that's cool. It works for certain stories, but you giving it to me all the time in every book. And I'm just, I'm over it. Like I want, just a straight story. Just tell me a straight story. I, I, Something very linear, yeah. Expe- yes, and especially if you're you're giving me one where you're not giving me something visual, right? So we've talked about this before where when you read something, even if you don't fully like understand how to say the word or whatever it may be, because you have that visual like medium, you can at least recognize the patterns, right? And so you can understand, okay, I may not know what that character's, how to say that character's name, but I know that that's the same character as that character that I read before, right? You can see the patterns of the letters and stuff, and your brain puts that together. When you take that away, and you only give voices, and then you don't distinguish the difference in those voices, it makes it become really muddled. And so if you're not going to get, if you're not going to have a visual grounding, a visual cue of it, then you need to provide some other kind of cue and there there just wasn't any here i i am happy you also felt that way um because when i was listening to it it was one of those things where it's like something that i felt maybe i wasn't like smart enough to pick up on it but i thought maybe it's just because i am not used to that kind of medium you know i very rarely listen to audiobooks and even though you know i obviously listen to a lot of different podcasts none of them are this kind of format you know very rarely is it like a storytelling in this way with different actors kind of podcast so i'm happy it's not just me and it seems like it's a more valid concern as opposed to just like little idiot Lindsay isn't smart enough to know what's going on and when no no and i think like 
there's no it's it's not just the voices that were the same it's also like the situations sounded very similar to each other in terms of like what the like background noises and things like that were you know like the the prison and the uh i'm forgetting the name of the the nile little ship that they were on um and the palace uh you know like there was very similar sounds like yeah yeah you know and to be honest too it's it's when it was the prison that things really started falling apart for me just in terms of that's when i got kind of less excited about the story because i felt like it was just so convoluted at that point too and i don't know if it was the format it's in or the fact that it was the time jumps but at that point it was just like look this is for this kind of medium, this is too many new characters being introduced. This is too much to follow. And quite honestly, I thought it was kind of boring. Like, I think we've we've seen that kind of prison. There's, there's nothing about that whole prison storyline that was unique to this story. You could have put this in any genre, in any format, and that is the exact kind of like, I don't know, prison kind of vibe you would get no matter what it was. Yeah, and I mean, I did, I, I liked the ending. I liked how she uh, not necessarily was redeemed because she wasn't, Laura Dean wasn't, wasn't redeemed, but how she, you know, pulled the trigger so that somebody else didn't have to uh, and kind of use that, her cold-heartedness for good, you know? Um, I, I thought that was a, a good choice narratively, but... Yeah, well, I mean, I just also think that anytime you have a villain like that, they need to at least have their own code of some sort. Yeah, And if that's absolutely. her code, you know, better better me than someone else, I'm cool with that. And the thing is, I like her. I have to be honest, I really, really like her, and I think that's why I was so jazzed the first 33% of the way through, because as I was going through it, I was like, this is a character I can really stick with. You know, this is an interesting, unique character. She's she's kind of unpredictable. You don't really know who her allegiance is to because the whole time you have a character like that. And as I was reading, I know you had mentioned this too, uh, and I want to get back to it in terms of having to have read other books of the High Republic to know what was going on here. But as I was reading other books from the High Republic and, and learning about this character, I kind of just assumed, you know what, her people have an allegiance to her and she has one to her people. To find out that she's willing to abandon her own people and she's willing to betray her own people, that was really an interesting choice for me to introduce the character. So so I thought it was off to such a good start and I really like her and I still do really like her. It just got very, very convoluted going through. Well, I think this is... Part of the thing uh, for me is that this story didn't feel necessary. And obviously, like, technically speaking, every story isn't necessary. But it's not like a... I think it actually detracted not from the character, because obviously it adds a lot to the character and it adds dimensions and stuff like that. But there is, there's a factor, there's a mystery factor that has a lot of power, right? Like, part of the reason I'm attracted to, and I think a lot of people are attracted to Martian Rowe as a villain, is because we don't know a lot about him, right? Um, yeah. Part of, part of what made Kylo Ren so intriguing was when we, we didn't know a lot about him, right? We did, we didn't know a lot about how he turned and and all of that and so that while we were going through the sequel trilogy that made it more compelling right it, it brought us in more and more people became interested in that character and here you you took a character in Lorna D who was probably one of if not my favorite character in in terms of like who I wanted to know more about in the high republic but we got so much of it here that now i feel like there's no mystery left for me to mm. go on and read other stories about her 
so really it's it's not even so much and i had said before the the format was the issue but it seems like it could have been any kind of format and you just still kind of wouldn't have been on board with this i don't necessarily think that um because i think part of my not liking this and and not liking getting all this information about her is connected to not enjoying the experience of listening to it. Like I think the audio mixing, like the sounds were really harsh and just not, not sounds that were pleasant to listen to. Right. With Dooku, you had, uh, sounds that, you know, you had the, the, um, what's the, what's the owl that follows Ahsoka around. I'm a terrible person. Oh, the convoy. You had the convoy. You had swooshing sounds. You had the sounds of lightsabers, you know, powering up. Here it was a lot of, you know, metal clanking and drills and things like that that just were really harsh to listen to, especially if you listen to it in headphones. So I'm already frustrated with that. And then getting all of this information about her, I, I, I think it was just overwhelming and not in a positive way uh it seems like it just overall like not an enjoyable experience for you so of course that i think is going to taint everything else but you're you're right i totally forgot about all those sounds and and sound effects in um dooku and those really were just like so cool and like we were saying before they had like those transition ones and those were so almost relaxing but yeah, this I think, I think it was their intention to really put you on edge with with the sound effects and with the music and the noises. But I can see how yeah, it could be just a little bit too much for a lot of it. Well, and I think we have to talk about this the scarcity effect and the power of the scarcity effect because part of the reason that like episode one and episode seven made such insane amounts of money was because we hadn't seen star Wars in so long. Right. We don't need to know everything all the time. We don't need to fill in every little gap. I don't need to know the background of every single character. And not that I don't want all the star Wars content that's coming out. Cause I absolutely want, all this content that's coming out. And I love having all this content and stuff to delve into, but it doesn't always have to always be background information about the characters. It doesn't, I don't need a novel about every single character. I want mystery. Like that's part of like, of our Chris, part of like her appeal to me is like, how did she get to this point of being such a great Jedi? Okay. You know, like that's intriguing. I want to figure out what makes her tick. And because of that, I want to then pursue more content with her. Now, what about, I can't believe I've never asked you this. This has never come up. So my guess is the answer is no. But did you ever watch Lost? Uh, I tried watching one episode and it didn't go well. Oh, man. All right. We're going to have to chat later. Um, but the cool thing that Lost did was every single episode centered on one of the characters. So while the episode was going on, you would get flashbacks of one particular character. So it was like every single week, yes, the story kept moving forward kind of one person at a time, but you were also getting that background information. And I think that kind of format might work better in the High Republic if you had to do it. But I see what you're saying where it's like, I kind of just want to see where the High Republic stories are going to go on their own. I don't need this backstory right now. And I mean, look, uh, let's be honest. Is the High Republic fantastic? Yes. Are they doing a really good job with it? And do I love the unity in the stories? Yes. Do I need three new stories in, you know, every six weeks like we've been getting? Not quite. It's kind of a lot. It is a lot. You know, this is, I think, the first time ever where I feel like I've fallen behind on a lot of the stories just because there's no time between the comic books, this audio drama, the young adult books, the the novels, the the middle school readers. Like, 
there's so much and it's so hard to kind of keep track where with the exception of throne books where I seem to have no idea what's going on at any given time this is the first time where I've been like wait 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 okay I remember this name I remember this this storyline but what is it from you know and I can remember even like the t around the time of the summer that I would or fall where I would read some of this and it's still just like that doesn't help me because three things came out in that one week so it's it's a lot and I think I I kind of understand what you're saying where it's like I would rather have fewer stories more spread out than this influx of information which really is just information it's not moving anything forward yeah i think that's the big difference is you've got to move things forward right and that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't go backwards right you look at master and apprentice possibly the best book in in canon possibly the best book in star wars history it had a purpose for going back. It was adding depth to Qui-Gon's character. It was adding that layer of, he had already been offered the council. It was adding about the prophecies. It was adding about uh, the troubles that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon had. But it also didn't, we didn't need a whole story about how Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan weren't getting along. Like you set it up in that story, your reader accepts it, you move on. You advance the story forward. Here, you're stopping to tell us everything about Lorna D that, to me, really didn't add anything to her character that I didn't already feel. Like, I felt like she... what Like, I feel like they're setting her up, and, and I'd like to hear your opinion on this. I feel like they're setting her up to go head-to-head -head with Martian and... and somehow that's going to split the Nile or the Nile are going to implode or somebody else is like, I feel like those two coming to a head are, is going to be what, what brings the Nile. Oh, I absolutely down. think, I absolutely think that's the point. I think the only other piece of this that I would add or want to get your thoughts on is I'm wondering in hindsight, how much of this story we're going to look back on and say, oh, it was about Lorna Day, instead of, oh, I learned so much about the state of the galaxy and how things are run and operated in the Republic. And that's also what's important. Like, it, it was cool, and I really did like getting to see the the planets and how they the planets interact with each other and who's joining the Republic and why they're joining the Republic and what are the advantages of joining the Republic. And how does that balance out with the organized crime and how different pirates and different organized crime groups were getting away with things. So I'm thinking that maybe we'll look back on the story and think, you know what, it wasn't so much character centric. It was expanding the galaxy and it's going to let us know maybe why the Jedi were, were really given such power or why the Republic is the way it is. So that's that's my other thought. I don't know what you think there. But I feel like we got that already. Like, I feel like we got not everybody is a part of the Republic yet, but people are considering it in Rising Storm. Yeah, but I don't think we really got the understanding of why or why people may not want to. So I think we understood that the, that was happening and the conversation was there in different planetary groups. But this, I think weighed in on the pros and cons a little bit more. Mm. But I just don't know if we, like, I don't know how necessary that was. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and, and say, like, here's the thing about this. We could look back in three years, five years after we get more High Republic content and look back and be like, wow, we were really, really wrong about that, like you're saying. But I just don't know if that's... I don't know if the amount of content, the amount of story that we got for that little bit of information was worth the time invested, where yeah. you could have, like, for example, there, the part that I really loved about this was when they brought in Martian, and they kind of showed the getting rid of the father and him taking the place and, uh, you know, making Lorna D one of the Tempest Runners and all of that stuff absolutely loved that could have been a chapter or flashback in 
in a book. And to me, fair. Yeah, you know? and you know, I I also realized too, as I was saying, you know, who knows what we're gonna look back on this as. I feel like you and I are guilty of saying that exact phrase so often. And I would argue with the exception of Bloodline by Claudia Gray. I don't really know if we've ever had that kind of hindsight, oh, this was the plan all along kind of revelation from any of these stories. What do you mean with Bloodline? I think in Bloodline there really was a lot, even though he wasn't necessarily in the book, I think we understood a lot more about Kylo Ren from ah, I can see where, that, yeah. where things that were maybe confusing or people really loved or didn't didn't love in Bloodline. I think by the, by the time we got to the end of the saga, we were still talking about certain revelations in Bloodline. Well, and what Bloodline did is it moved the story forward still, right? Like, you got information about Kylo and Ben and Luke real briefly, you know? Luke was yeah. off-planet. Luke was not associated with the Republic. Uh, he was training Ben. They hadn't talked in a while. Like, you get this information where you can go, okay, I can see how their relationship was strained without taking an entire story, you know, 300 pages, eight hours worth of time to say that they were really disconnected, right? And, and my biggest concern after coming out of this with ter in terms of like the High Republic and the amount of content that we're getting is not that it's not all going to be good content because objectively speaking, I think they did a fine job with this. It just wasn't a story that I felt was necessary or a story that I wanted. But that said, like if we're getting all of this stuff, are we at some point we have to start spoon feeding the reader and explaining everything to them. And that takes away like with Marvel, it's one thing, right? Marvel, it has its mythos and stuff like that, but it's not a mythology. It's not you're not sitting and contemplating all the different angles and things like that. It's a more or less a cut and dry story. Fantastic cut and dry story. Am I going to watch Hawkeye after we get off this call? Absolutely. But it's right there in front of you, right? Where Star Wars, and part of this is because, you know, George was kind of putting it together on the fly uh, and didn't really explain everything and, there were things that, you know, dialogue and stuff he didn't care about. There was gaps in his storytelling, and because of that, there ended up being these gaps we try to fill in and stuff, right? And it created this unique experience where Star Wars is something where there's hundreds of podcasts about it, you know, 40 years later, almost 50 years later, because we're always trying to figure out that next level. There's always that little bit of mystery there. And... While I do want a lot of the High Republic stuff, I want that to continue. And, and I know just from speaking with the authors and the level of confidence that they're talking with, like, you can feel it when you talk to them that, like, this is something really special. But also, like, don't spoon feed it to us. Leave that mystery. Leave, like... We don't need to know everything, and not knowing everything yeah. creates that emotional connection. It's, it's like, you know, this is a terrible analogy, but it's been a long day, and this is all I got. So, like, you know how kids that, you know, don't have a, a father in the home, like, they desire to know everything about that father, right? We see it with Luke. Like, he wants to be like his father, because he's created this idealized version of his father. And then is so emotionally gut-punched when he finds out that that father is not who he expected, right? When things go a different direction. So I kind of want the, the High Republic stories to give us the stuff that we're getting, like with the Jedi, where they're not going, well, this is what the Jedi Code said exactly. And here it is. They're, they're giving us these perspectives. They're not spending a lot of time on it. So that you have it written there, you have to think about it, but you're not quite sure exactly how it's going to affect them moving forward, right? Now you've got the the Jedi, and they are 
basically working for the Republic now, like officially as more or less soldiers to fight the Nile, right? And you're like, mm, I can see where that's going, but I don't know how they're going to get there. And that makes me want to read the next thing. This one, if there was a but sequel because... to Tempest Runner, like I don't have anything in here that make, makes yeah. me want to, to read the next thing. So just to play devil's advocate or maybe call us on our own maybe little biases, you and I are very similar in the sense that one of the things that draws us to these stories time and time again and that we always talk about is we both love that mythology of the Force, you know, and, and learning more about that and learning more about the Jedi. You and I, I think, really do get hyped about the myth aspect and the religious aspect of all of this. Like, that's that's kind of our thing. Whereas this was probably the first High Republic story that strayed away from that. And I wonder if maybe that's also why we're lukewarm. It's just because it's not quite what typically get. The same way I think we're good about acknowledging, like, Alphabet Squadron, great series, just not not really for you and I, you know, we're not there for the space battles. Maybe that's, that's this. I would kill to talk to like Sam or Drew or someone who really loved a book like Alphabet Squadron and find out what they thought about this story, just because they're not necessarily so gung-ho about like, hey, I need to know everything about the Force. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's part of the reason that it may not like have ranked high in High Republic for me, um, because it doesn't have that aspect of it and that's totally fair but i'd go back to again that scarcity effect and i i friggin love the nile and i love that we don't really like we understand their motivation we understand that they have this organization but like we don't know like the background of everybody. We don't, we don't really know like why they chose like clouds and storms and tempest runner. And so like there's mystery to them. Like how did they get to have this much power without really getting noticed and all of these other things that make them really compelling. So going into this, like, I was excited because I have been fascinated by the Nile and I have been fascinated by Lorna D. And so I wanted to, and I felt like this was going to move the story forward more. And it maybe moved it an inch forward. I don't think it necessarily did move anything forward because I don't think anything monumental enough happened that could not be recapped with like two sentences in a book. So if a book ever needed to reference something here, it could be done in like two sentences and probably just carry on with their day. As well, that's, opposed that's to like, my question. Oh, you're not going to understand any other story if you don't listen to Tempest Runner. Well, and, and if you don't read all the other stories, you don't understand what's going on in Tempest Runner. Right, like yeah, yeah. That's you're yeah. You're probably right. Like Up especially point, rising. I think Storm, you're right. Like you have to know, especially with Pan and all of that stuff. And like, is it likely that the people that are listening to the audio drama are also <laughs> just thinking like, that? Yeah, like the the overlap yeah. of that Venn diagram is very large, but also, like, you shouldn't have to. In, in a series that is not, like, sequential in terms of, like, it's not numerated sequels, right? You don't have, like, one, two, three, four, like you do in, like, a Harry Potter, right? You should be able to pick up a story and maybe not get everything about everything, but be able to follow the story and who the characters were. Like, I think you could pick up Rising Storm and understand the story of Rising Storm. You may not really understand the characters as well as you know like you and i do or you know if you've read light of the jedi and the other books and stuff like that but you'll understand the story here i don't think you will and that's something that concerns me for two reasons one is because i have a terrible memory and i really am hoping that um i'm able to keep all the high republic stuff in my head and so when you have one that's so dependent on everything else it kind of worries me about the ones going forward of like, am I going to remember everything I need to remember? Um, 
because these are such in-depth books, there's not going to be time to recap them all in there. Um, so that's one of my concerns. The other one of my concerns, and this is just like, as Finn would say, a feeling. I feel like they had the saw the reaction to the Nile uh, and the High Republic overall, and were like, okay, this is good. Let's make an audio drama. And it wasn't originally part of the concept. I was just for trying this. to remember because was it was it in that original like release? It wasn't. It came out like oh, after okay. Rising Storm came out. There was like the cover art for it came out. But because because the Tempest Runner was not part of the initial. Remember they they basically did like a press release and a big trailer just for the High Republic. But right. This was never part of it, was it? It wasn't. And I, I think about the fact that you have Kevin Scott doing Rising Storm and Tempest Runner at the same time. And I definitely think he he was a solid choice for the audio drama because Dooku, right? Like, that's a pretty easy call to make there, yeah. you know? Like, it's like, Kathy's like, you know, at the table, uh, so we're gonna do an audio drama, and everybody's head just turns right to Kevin, he's like, I guess I'm doing the audio drama. Um, no, but seriously, uh, I think he was the solid choice there. And again, like, that's what I'm saying, like, the execution of the story itself, and, like, what I'm sure was written on the page, fantastic. I think, like, I think it's, it's crisp, it's clean, it's not a write home about it kind of story, but it does what I think he set out to do. It was more everything around it. And like we're talking about now, it was it something that was really there or were they realizing that High Republic was such a hit that they should put out more content for it? And because of that, it was like, all right, cool, let's make this. Well, we already have our story laid out. We can't do anything... You know, it's kind of it's it's kind of like if we go back to that Marvel, you know, analogy, it's kind of like Agents of Shield. Where it's like, "Okay, cool. Like this is hitting. Let's make this series about Shield, but it can't do anything so monumental or so important that you don't understand what's happening in Avengers." You know? Fair. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Where like if you look at the structure of, you know, a of the the cinematic unit, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have like the tentpole characters where like Captain America, you can have it where if you don't watch one of the Captain America films, you don't understand what's happening in, you know, uh, Infinity War. Right. You can have that because you've established kind of a hierarchy of these characters. Right. If you. To really get everything, you need to make sure you watch Thor, Captain America's, and Iron Man's. Uh, or if you want to know, like, all the details, throw Ant-Man's in there and, you know, uh, stuff like that. I'm completely blanking. Black Widow, stuff like that, right? Like, the lower tier hero you go, like, the more detail you get to the story, right? But there isn't that hierarchy yet with the high republic books you know there's not a well how, how so you I, feel like this was kind of just a rush like they didn't really earn the right to do this yet right like i don't know how i'm supposed to vow like i get it with the the books you know that the the Adult novels are of the most importance than the YA, than the middle grade novels. That's a pretty standard, like, for the industry kind of thing. But how, like, where am I supposed to value this story and this audio drama and this character in relationship with the books, right? And then, so you give this audio drama and then you don't execute on giving me anything to show me why it's valuable, okay? Now, when I go into the next audio drama, if there is one, am I going to go in it with the expectation and the value for that story that I should have if you're going to do something of consequence in that story? Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think it does, just because I agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> if, 
<laughs> if I didn't agree with you, I don't know if it would make sense, but I do, so I know kind of where you're coming from. Like, you have to earn it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, like- no, I guess, I guess it did kind of feel rushed, and... I don't, I don't know. For me, it was just the the letdown of of it. Just because I can't stress this enough, I was so hyped about it for that first chunk of it, and then I was just like, "Wait, no, this this kind of sucks. I don't know what's going on." Here's here's my concern, and we can kind of close up on this. Dooku Jedi Lost came out fantastic, blew everybody's mind, huge hit. Cool, let's yes. do more audio dramas. The next one we get is Afra. We go into it knowing it's not going to be as good because it's a story we already had. Uh, I thought it did a, a pretty decent job. I enjoyed listening to it. No problems there. Then we get to this one, and both of us are let down more or less by it. We're slowly getting worse on the audio dramas. Uh, see, I would say this is, I would say this is a little better than Afra. I think that if we are going to stick with audio dramas, it needs to be minimal, minimal characters. Those characters have to be extremely different in their voices in the language they use and the way they interact with each other. So it's very easy to know exactly who we're with and when. Um, I think that would help. But overall, I agree with you that it it has to be earned and it shouldn't. I think the, the cool thing about Dooku was we really didn't have anything for him. You know, he was in um, Dark Disciple, not necessarily as a main character. Um, Ventress obviously was in that, but but we never had so, 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 so much of them where it was, it was a cool story. And at that point, we didn't have anything from Dooku's childhood or Qui-Gon at that point, you know? So, so that was really cool. Afra for me, was just oversaturation at that point because for me the audio drama wasn't anything crazy and it didn't really bring anything unique to her character so it was kind of just like a this would have been earned a year ago but it was just too late at that point um and this was you're right it was unearned um so i think just finding stories where we haven't dealt with that character in a while but when we did it was some really cool stuff you know, I think right now, if we were to honestly have an audio drama about like Zeb, you know, someone who who we oh. know well, yeah, we know well, we're interested, and I think there's a lot you could do with that character um, that would be cool. But we haven't visited him in a while, right? It's it's it would be a cool way to go back to a character, but I don't think we should be introducing newer characters through this medium. When you when you look at Dooku, it adds to his character, but it also adds to the characters around him. It adds to uh, the corruption of the Jedi, like not being able to even communicate with your family and how harsh that is, which gives you more depth to Anakin's character. Like it adds by adding to this one character, you add depth and dimension to the entire galaxy. Right. And. Obviously, you're not going to do that with this story here because it's not about the entire galaxy and, and it's about the Nile and this organization. But I don't feel like it really even added a lot to the Nile aspect of the story, which I think is kind of the the big thing for me is, OK, we got stuff about Lorna D adds a little bit to her, but it adds absolutely nothing to anybody else. And so that's why it kind of feels like, like you said, that it just wasn't. It wasn't, I don't, I, I hesitate to say any of these are bad stories because I don't necessarily think that they are, but I just don't think that it was the right story to tell in this medium at this time. So hopefully we get that next release and Lorna is going to take over the galaxy and we're going to be like, ah, we were so wrong. But until then, uh, we are going to 
move on and continue on with more content. I know I'm finishing up Ronin uh, and then getting into Thrawn and we've got so much more coming out. Uh, that book like stares at me every night and just. I know. I, know. I have to be honest. It was on my nightstand for a bit, and then I was like, "I gotta move this. This can't be the last thing I see before I fall asleep." <laughs> so um, wait, but did your did your rating change during this discussion at all? No, no. Uh, I yeah. will probably say, if anything, it's a solid two now. Um, what about cool. for you? Um, I would also put it at a solid two. And again, I think it was just kind of the excitement of having something new and trying so hard to go back to those those earlier chapters that I liked in it. When I first kind of metaphorically put it down. Um, But yeah, logically, I know in my in my head that this just was not a great story. Yeah, I mean, the the first High Republic letdown had to happen at some point. Uh, hopefully this is the low point and it's all going higher and forward from here because I've genuinely enjoyed everything else that they've put out, uh, thus far. So we will talk about all of that when it comes out and we're actually caught up on content because, oh my God, there's a lot. But until then, Lindsay, tell them where they can find you and get more information about what you're doing. The best place to find me is over on our Facebook page, Clashing Savers. Um, definitely more active there. And then, of course, on our Patreon, which B, you can certainly give them more information and any links that they need. Yeah, all those links will be in uh, our description. Our Patreon, of course, supports our nonprofit to get Star Wars books into classrooms. And uh, here pretty soon, we will be having our annual fundraiser. We have, if you like, uh, like Star Wars, if you like Star Wars books, if you like Star Wars authors, we're going to have all kinds of stuff uh, from them. So we have uh, books signed. We have art prints. We have collectible figures signed. Uh, pops, all kinds of stuff from uh, Star Wars creators and uh, authors and people like that. So stay tuned for more of that information officially dropping here very soon. And all those links for our Twitter, Instagram, all of our individual links are right there in the show notes. So you don't have to listen to us talk about them all the time, which we do anyways. So anyways, that's going to close it up. This chapter's over. Remember, keep reading, keep writing, but whatever you do, don't burn the sacred text. All right, by this point, you know how this goes. Their stuff, their stuff, our stuff, our stuff. Not associated with Lucasfilm. Kathleen Kennedy, give me a call. Dave Filoni, I'm there if you need me. Our thoughts? They're our thoughts. They don't reflect Lucasfilm or anybody else associated with this stuff. So if you don't like it, we're sorry. If you do like it, great. Let us know either way on iTunes, on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. Rate us, review us, share us, tell your friends about us, and it, whatever you do, just don't burn the sacred text.